In the summer of 2020, when the COVID pandemic was really underway, I had the opportunity to spend the summer working from home instead of in the office. And what I ended up doing is I would go over to a friend of mine's house who had a townhouse on First Street in Oklahoma City near downtown to go and work from his house during the day. And at lunchtime, we would often take walks and walk around downtown Oklahoma City and the surrounding areas to see, you know, how the city was adapting to the COVID crisis. And we would often walk down 2nd Street near Bricktown, Oklahoma City, and we would walk by remnants of older buildings bearing the name Deep Deuce. Deep Deuce Apartments, Deep Deuce Grill, as well as an old Baptist church called the Cavalry Baptist Church, which is now a law firm. And those buildings elicited a much older history than what could be seen on the street. These buildings and that area were the living monuments to an area of downtown Oklahoma City referred to as Deep Deuce, which at one time was the jazz crossroads of the world and one of the most vibrant African-American communities in the United States. And today on the America of America podcast, we're going to dive into the history and the cultural implications of Deep Deuce. Let's get started. everybody. Uh, I'm Will Milam, and this is the America of America podcast. First of all, good morning. Um, I hope everybody's having a good Monday so far. I hope everybody had a good weekend, and I hope everybody's prepared to have a great week. I've been head in the sand studying for my last semester of law school finals, and it's it's been wearing on me very slowly, but very heavily. Obviously, this is the last time I have to do it, and I really want to go out with a bang, but it's just really, really difficult to get that energy to keep going. So, I'm trying my best, and I know everyone else is trying their best to get through the week, so let's try to get through this week together. And a great way to start that week is by talking about Deep Deuce, one of the really interesting areas of downtown Oklahoma City and an area that has a lot to do with Oklahoma City's history, especially its cultural and musical history. And I'm really excited to get started with it, so let's go ahead and jump in. So geographically, Deep Deuce is adjacent to an area of downtown Oklahoma City referred to as Bricktown. And Bricktown is a little bit southeast of the skyscrapers in downtown Oklahoma City, but was one of the original parts of downtown Oklahoma City. And it gets its name Bricktown because it consists largely of brick warehouses that were built in the late 19th and early 20th century. Uh, Specifically, there were four major railroads that began building their headquarters in this district, and the warehouses followed after, and those buildings still remain. In that area is Second Street, also known as Deep Second, also known as Deep Two, and most famously known as Deep Deuce. Deuce, from a very early on, served as the African-American district of downtown Oklahoma City. Deep Deuce can accurately be described as a center of both commerce and entertainment. There was a lot of businesses in the area. There was a lot of commerce going on. There were a lot of things going on night and day. But historically, in its legacy, it was really as a place of nightlife. And it was one of the largest centers of culture for African-Americans, not only in Oklahoma, but just in the area. 
And what it importantly served as was a great crossroads of jazz, the music that was taking over America in the early 20th century. And the way it was explained to me when I was in high school by um, one of my English teachers was that where the jazz musicians that were located in Kansas City, Chicago, or St. Louis had to go west, or if any of the jazz musicians in the west had to go to Kansas City, Chicago, St. Louis had to go, had to go there, they would end up crossing through Deep Deuce. So Oklahoma City, a relatively small city even at the time, had this outpouring of great jazz musicians. And when I say great, I mean great. Charlie Christian, Jimmy Rushing, the Blue Devils, Gonzel White, and King Oliver all performed in Deep Deuce at some point in their careers. And many of these artists performed at the world-famous Aldridge Theater. The Aldridge Theater was one of the most famous African-American theaters in the United States, and it opened up in 1920. And there's an Oklahoman article from the opening that retells its unveiling by Roscoe Dungy. Now, here's where we have to stop and talk about Roscoe Dungy. In any pantheon of great Oklahomans, Roscoe Dungy needs to be listed amongst the first several names. Because this is an episode on Deep Deuce and not Roscoe Dungy, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Mr. Dungy's biography, though he will get several of his own episodes because his story is absolutely worth telling on its own. But for today, it's important to know that Roscoe Dungy was the editor of a newspaper called The Black Dispatch, which was the first African-American newspaper in Oklahoma City. The Black Dispatch refers to pieces of information from the American Civil War gained by the Union Army that they got from freedmen and former slaves in the American South. Dungy would use this editorial platform to rip into the segregation policies in Oklahoma. So you best believe that he was there when the Aldrich Theater opened in 1920. Now, The Daily Oklahoman's article about the opening of the Aldridge Theater is a bit difficult to read, not just because of the language from the 1920s, but also there's a lot of just grammatical mistakes that are pretty obvious, and I have no idea how a copy editor wouldn't have caught that. But essentially, what the article says is that when Roscoe Dungy was opening the Aldridge Theater, he used this as an example to give a talk about the horrors of Jim Crow and the horrors of segregation, exhorting the crowd that no one will respect you more than you respect yourself, and that to gain this respect, no man will respect a man who submits to Jim Crow, meaning that in order to gain respect, people have to treat themselves as equal to everybody else. And this was the kind of attitude that would remain at the Black Dispatch as well as Deep Deuce over the next several decades. But of course, all things become to, all things eventually come to an end. In my research, it's been suggested that the decline of Deep Deuce was actually a victim of Roscoe Dungy's success as a desegregationist. Under this theory, as the civil rights movement progressed in the 50s and 60s, and living conditions became better for African Americans in Oklahoma City, and as their opportunities to live in different places and to go to different places improved, many of these families and individuals began to leave Deep Deuce for more affordable housing. This, by itself, is a perfectly plausible explanation. I was a little bit uncomfortable with how much of this seemed like conjecture. It 
uh, all the research that I've done has been online and I've been looking at things like the Oklahoma Historical Society's information. And they seem to all agree that as housing prices lowered in other areas of Oklahoma City, these communities and these families would migrate to those areas. To me, I guess that's possible. I think that it's a rather anticlimactic explanation for the decline of one of the major American cultural centers, especially one of the major cultural centers in Oklahoma City, that something like that could just go away because of decreasing housing prices. There was, of course, more to the story. In the 1980s, when Oklahoma City sought to redesign the city to bring into the modern world, there was a tendency to get rid of some of the older landmarks to make way for new landmarks. In Deep Deuce, that was the same for everywhere else. Uh, with the implementation of Interstate 235 in Oklahoma City, a lot of Deep Deuce was bulldozed to make room for that highway. But unfortunately, even the parts of Deep Deuce that were not bulldozed and making way for that highway, the life of the area just never came back. And like most of downtown Oklahoma City, that area kind of became a bit decrepit and became a bit neglected in the late 80s and early 90s as Oklahoma City was undergoing a long period of economic crisis. This, of course, all changed in the early 2000s when Oklahoma City began to undergo its urban renaissance. And that is a topic for an entirely different podcast episode. If you have read Boomtown by Sam Anderson, which is a really good history of Oklahoma City, he does a very good job of telling the story of the Oklahoma City's renaissance. But for our purposes today, you just need to know that it happened. But a part of this renaissance was the rebuilding of Deep Deuce. As I said at the beginning of this episode, if you walk down 2nd Street today, you can see the word Deep Deuce plaster on all sorts of signs, all sorts of businesses, all sorts of apartment buildings, and even see some of the original structures from the original Deep Deuce. But its character is gone. It's, it's, it's like most areas of, you know, urban centers where you have upscale shopping and upscale housing areas with maybe a bit of old charm. This really isn't the fault of the urban planners as... There was very little left of that original charm when the Oklahoma City's resurgence began to happen. But we do definitely get the feeling that something has been lost from that place. It's, it's haunted by something that we will never really get back. One of the few remaining buildings from original Deep Deuce is Dr. Haywood's building. And Dr. Haywood, along with Dr. W.H. Slaughter, were white doctors who had set up pharmacies and medical practices in Deep Deuce because they weren't allowed to treat black patients in the white part of town because of segregation. Now, Dr. Slaughter would become kind of a, a famous Oklahoman in his own right, and one of his lasting legacies is the Slaughter Mansion, which is a National Register of Historic Place landmark on 50th Street, which is actually over by where I grew up on the east side of Oklahoma City. And I would drive down 50th Street every day to go to school, and there'd be this redstone mansion that I would pass on the way to the highway. And that house was owned by Dr. Slaughter, and who was one of the main um, proponents of Deep Deuce and the primary care physician of a lot of that community. The last person that I'll mention today as being associated with Deep Deuce is the writer Ralph Ellison, who, if you've ever read The Invisible Man in School, some of you may know, was actually from Oklahoma City and grew up on First Street, so very close to Deep Deuce. And he was famous, or he wrote a poem famously about Deep Deuce called Deep Second. 
so the other name for deep deuce, in his posthumous book called Trading Twelves. So if you ever get the opportunity to read that book, I suggest you go read that poem. And with that, we're going to leave off there for talking about deep deuce today, um, going over some uh, going over some housekeeping matters again. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to hear everybody's commentary um, or corrections or ideas for the show. Uh, and you can send those to me at Chautauqua Review at Gmail. That's C H A U T A U Q U A at Gmail. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas. I'm I'm all ears, and I would really enjoy to read something on my computer that is not related to my law school finals over the next week. So feel free to push that out. Uh, and again, I'd also like to give a special thank you to my dear friend, Joseph DeWorlicotti, who has been helping me these last several weeks on these episodes for research, and his help has been greatly appreciated. And with that, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time and next week and next Monday for the next edition of the America of America podcast. Thanks. <laughs>